Rainlight Studios presents Hallelujah, the story of the coming forth of Handel's Messiah by J. Scott Featherstone, read by David McAllister. Chapter 1. The Rough Place is Plain There are certain children who only see stars in the darkest night sky. Such was Peter, the one they called Packrat. Peter the Packrat was well known among the paupers, but it was not his thieving that gave him notoriety. It was his laugh, his smile, and his gait, none of which fitted his circumstance. The Packrat's home was the street, his profession the people in the street. He was an opportunist taking advantage of everyone and everything that was availed to him. He earned the name Packrat because even though he was a thief, he usually left something in place of what he took. It didn't matter that the actual value of what he stole was different from what he left behind. What did matter was that he was fair, unless the dupe was rich, and then he did not care. He stole from the wealthy without conscience, since fairness was a principle that didn't apply to them anyway. The packrat never knew his mother and father, yet by his eighth year he had developed the instincts of both. He could win bread like a father, and like the mother he wished for, he could influence, usually for good, but ultimately for whatever conditions dictated. Although he had no parents, he did have family, brothers and sisters by circumstance, not by blood. He took particular care of the younger rodents, both those born in the street and those abandoned and left in the street, a distinction on which he placed particular significance. In a place where everyone looked down, young Peter looked up. He somehow knew that he had nothing to do with how God had placed him in the world. But he did hold the Creator responsible for whatever happened beyond his inauspicious start, and was liberal about letting him know. Show me what is rightfully yours, and I'll show you what's wrongfully mine. For God chose me to be poor, so I can steal what's thine. Thus was the song of the pack rat. His lightness took away the heaviness of many. He skipped where others walked. He smiled when others despaired. He was rude, uncouth, and stained with dirt, but underneath it all was a simple little boy, full of life, full of wonder. He shined in a dull world. There was nothing singular in the physicality of the pack rat. He was neither tall nor short. His hair was parchment-coloured. His skin, well, skin-coloured. His face was somewhat freckled, barely visible through the dirt. He was, by all appearances, ordinary. And yet this ordinary boy was anything but ordinary. His eye was bright and alert from spotting numerous ill-guarded coin purses. He could detect a shiny object in the gutter through the passing legs of a thousand pedestrians. He trained his ears to hear the walls of London, which echoed the news of the street, including every vacant shop and sleeping vendor. His nose was ever open. He loved the pungent odours of the street. Fish, smoke, filth, tobacco, oil, and coal. These were the smells of his world. But there was one smell that he relished above all others. The smell of bread. He often walked Baker's Row just to fill his nose with the warm aroma of baking bread. He knew why the Bible called it the staff of life because he leaned on it every day. I can't think of a better crutch, he would laugh with his mouth full of dough. Whenever he could procure a loaf, he would throw back his head and shout to the sky, 
I've come under your eye today, Lord, and I thank you for it. I'm glad you didn't go and blink during me brief crossing today. There was one smell, however, which the pack rat detested. The stench of wealth. To him, money was evil. Not for inherent reasons, but because of what it apparently did to the possessor of it. It must stink, he mused. The more a man has in his pocket, the higher he reaches his nose away from it. If the pack rat caught a passing waft of violet or rose, he knew precisely the origin. A perfume-tainted handkerchief held to the lifted nose of a snobby aristocrat. He had no use for these people, for they seemed neither natural nor good-natured. He regarded those with wealth as the given, since he could see no reasonable means by which the rich could have obtained that stature of...